Yo everyone, welcome back to brand new Techish in the building. I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is we back brand new content, the greatest show ever. The worst news is that Abba's not here. Oh, I need like a sad sound effect to be put in here, Ryan. If you can do that, it'll be amazing. But you know what? Let's not dwell on the bad news. Abba will be back real, real soon. She's just taking it a bit easy. In the meantime, let's get a cracking with some of my favorite stories of the week. Now, so this story is, it's a good news story, but I think there's also a lesson here that I want to ram home. So Diddy's teaming up with Salesforce to launch a digital marketplace for black owned businesses. And you're thinking, Mike, like, what's the bad side of this? This is amazing, right? You know what it is? I saw a funny tweet about this not that long ago, and it said something along the lines of, we now need a directory for all of the black owned business directories. <laughs> so there's so many out there. I can't even list them. I think there's like Nile List. I know Beyonce did one. There's stuff in the UK that people, people have, I think this is the most tried business idea from black entrepreneurs probably only second to a black barber app do you know what i'm saying i've had pitches for that as well you know all of my inbox for years and i think it kind of speaks to the idea that we don't necessarily always want to collaborate necessarily and everyone wants to go off and build their own little you know mini empire and kingdom which is cool don't get it twisted so i understand that urge as an entrepreneur i want to do my own thing so i don't blame entrepreneurs for wanting to do that but i do think sometimes it it's going to require some of us to be like, yo, I know you're working on this. How can I help? How can I join? Can I be an early employee or could I be a co-founder if you're super early, right? Instead of being like, I'm going to do my own one. The other thing is also is that it's probably a lack of research into why don't these platforms seem to work? I mean, listen, if you're listening to this and you're thinking I use like a platform to discover black owned businesses, listen, more power to you. For me right now, the platforms, the UI is always ugly, you know, no shade to anybody who's working on this from what I've seen. It's just never fully executed, right? So it might be a problem of execution or it might be a problem of platform. Maybe it needs to be a Chrome plugin as opposed to a website or an app. I don't know. Um, I know Google recently added a little pin where you can search for black owned businesses on Google Maps, which is helpful. Don't get to this. Shout out to Google on that. I'll commend them for doing something right there. And that's actually, they got a lot of backlash on Twitter for that, what I saw from a lot of like right-wing idiots. So that's commendable. But you know what? So I hope Diddy's thing works out. It's called shop circulates essentially and it will be a you know a digital marketplace to allow you to discover products by black entrepreneurs. So I will check it out. Hope it works. But yeah, going forward, man, I would like it for more of us to kind of work together instead of all of us try to tackle the problem in a way where it's you know there's limited resources and we're not all kind of like raising money so maybe it would be better that way but who am i to judge maybe you got your own vision you know more power to you if you're working on something that's empowering the black community i support you regardless jeff bezos is is he's kind of moving mad so he has a space company called blue origin and it's the little brother to like elon musk's spacex i think Blue Origin started first, but in terms of who's winning the government contracts, it always seems to be SpaceX. And I think, to be honest, in that business, the only revenue really that does exist is from NASA contracts. So they're quite, they've got a bit of a little bit of rivalry going on there, those two, Jeff and Elon, in this space. But I digress. The main issue of this story is that for the first ever human space flight that Blue Origin will be doing, Jeff is going on there and his brother's going on there. And a third person who the seat is being auctioned. So I think currently the bidding stands at around 4 million. So if you're crazy as well and you want to go do that, if you're a baller, listen to Techish, and you want to sit next to just Boldhead and go into space, be my guest. <laughs> but that's never going to be me. What I will say is, is that I commend it in the sense that like, you know, he's, he believes in his product. He's like, I'm putting real skin in the game. I believe in this product and I'm going to be the first one to try it. 
But you know what? That can never be me. I don't know what he's on. I don't know if it's a midlife crisis following the divorce. I don't know if it's the breakups got to him. And maybe, listen, you know, he's a cowboy. He's an entrepreneur. Maybe he thinks that it's just something in his DNA that means that he's got to go and strive for something more. But as far as I'm concerned, like I haven't got the statistics, but I would imagine the fatality rate of astronauts is significantly higher than the fatality rate of us normal folk who just sit and walking through Earth in it. And I'm sure if Abba was here, she'd be like, why are you going into space in the first place? There's no need. And I probably would kind of agree right now. At least get this tested by some like you know 30 rides 40 rides then jump on this like you're like the world's richest man what are you doing life is good for you don't ruin it anyways uh, maybe it says something about jeff bezos particularly is just like never happy and kind of never satisfied you know if i create amazon and we had got to like you know 100 million dollars in revenue there's a part of me that might be like i'm chilling this guy took it to like 100 billion so he's obviously not a normal person in terms of his desire and drive but to me he's moving mad i hope this works out you know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear no accident, no, no, no story where, yeah, Jeff's passed away on this one, innit? But I don't know. He's putting his own life in his hands. I don't know. The other thing, actually, speaking on Jeff, is that, and this is actually like no surprise, there was an article in ProPublica. They analyzed IRS files and proved how little in tax the wealthy pay. And obviously, no surprise, if you if you don't know this, you ain't be paying attention. You definitely ain't be listening to Turkish, right? But the true extent is kind of flabbergasting. So I'll give you an example here. In 2011, a year in which his wealth had held steady at 18 billion, Bezos filed a tax return, essentially meaning that he paid zero in tax and actually claimed a $4,000 tax credit for his children. You know what? Like, I think the conversation in 2011, the spotlight on big tech wasn't as bad as it is now. So maybe his accountants just thought, let's just push the pedal to the metal. Let's just get as much as we can. But the optics on this is horrendous. Like rich people love to say, oh, in terms of the proportion of money that goes into governments, we pay the most. But in terms of what is the actual true effective tax rate, it is minuscule. It is minimal. It is horrendous. And I always have... My perspective is one where I believe in pitchfork economics. And I I don't say this in a way where this is what I want to happen. I say this in a way where I feel like rich people, and if I was significantly as rich as Jeff Bezos, I would be thinking to myself, what's the optics here now? How is this looking? Do you know what I'm saying? I know I can get away with it, but should I really get away with this? Shouldn't shouldn't I really just be like, you know what, what, accountants, I know you're the greatest accountants on earth, but can we just like make it look like I'm paying a bit more? Do you know what I'm saying? And I've seen a lot of discussion online. Some people are saying, listen, you can't blame people for exploiting loopholes that politicians have put in there and that we need to be putting pressure on politicians. Absolutely. Like we've got to do both. We've got to pressurize politicians and vote for the right kind of people to make sure that these kind of loopholes don't exist. And in part two also, like we've got to pressurize the individuals. Like I remember a couple of years ago, people were um, protesting outside Topshop because uh, Philip Green, the founder of Topshop, he wouldn't pay nothing. And people used to run up in there and be like, yo, like I'm not supporting this business. Like we're going to do a boycott and a protest because you're not paying no taxes. I support that. I'm going to keep it at 100 with you. The other thing is that and this is what a lot of like people who are conservative will say is that, oh, but like it's not income that they've made. They've they, Their wealth is tied into their stock. And if the stock price goes through the roof, it's not their fault because that's not income. Number one, they generally tend to borrow against the, their wealth. So if Jeff Bezos has $100 billion in stock, he will borrow against that. And that is not a taxable event. So he does everything he can to trick to not trigger a taxable event. And this, guy, I'm sorry, man, this guy's a welfare queen. That's, that's what we've got to call these people now. Because so often people of color and black people are portrayed as leeches. Oh, you're sponging off the system. You know what I'm saying? You're a welfare queen. That's the rhetoric from the 80s during Reagan. These are the welfare queens. They're not paying nothing. In fact, they're taken out of the system. So anyway, let me know what you think. What are the solutions? We've talked about this for years on Techish, and I'm kind of at a loss to what the solution is. Hit, hit us up at TechishPod or hashtag Techish if you're old school, if you're an OG Techish fan, um, and let us know. How do we force the rich to pay their taxes? Or maybe you think they shouldn't pay their taxes. I don't know. Let me know. Hit us up. 
quick story I want to shout out Naomi Osaka this is obviously from way back or a couple of weeks ago actually she pulled out essentially of the US Open she wasn't willing to do the press conference and she cited mental health reasons and you know what I think this is like a really great time to talk about we pay lip service to mental health i know twitter is not the real world but so often what we hear is mental health mental health mental health mental health that's all, all everybody want to say and but when it comes to the real world we don't necessarily have that much patience for people and i think i commend her she pulled out the, app, the meditation app calm came in and, and pledged to pay her fines which i think is genius from them it reminds me of when um prince harry was made an ambassador for like better help the therapy app in terms of just like you know if you're a company working in a space keep an eye out for this kind of opportunities where you can just come in and not really make yourself make your company look good but also do good so shout out to Khan for that full transparency I think if I had seen this story maybe like seven years ago ten years ago I think I would be like well she's rich why can't she just play like you you are a very privileged person like you are a tennis superstar getting paid I think her earnings are in the in the, you know, in the range of 50 million dollars per year and I would never be purposely rude to somebody when they would bring up mental health I would always be understanding and supportive but deep down there was a part of me who just couldn't fully understand and what I will say is that life comes at you quick that's all I'm going to say. Life comes at you real quick and it might not impact you, but it eventually will impact someone that you know and close to you. And when I say impacts you, I mean mental health issues, whether that's depression, anxiety, social anxiety, all of the above, right? And I'm grateful for the people that had the patience with me to teach me. And I'm also grateful for life for teaching me personally, like, yo, mental health is no joke. Do what you have to do. Do you know what I'm saying? To survive, to thrive. And I know those of you that might have that perspective of like, she's rich, she's privileged. What, what does she know? Like my mom is working in a, you know, backbreaking work in, in a retail shop. Like what does she know? You know, whatever. I think we have to also understand the pressures that come with being in the limelight. It's not fun, like to be, uh, I wouldn't imagine it. it's not fun to be super famous. All your moves are out there. And then you're playing your sport, which you love. And if you make a mistake and you F up, you got to go straight away and talk about your effort, like how you fucked up. I wouldn't want to do that. Can you imagine you like you're at work and, you know, you send the wrong email to somebody or you do some wrong report. And then all of a sudden there's a press conference with a thousand cameras in your face saying, Michael, why did you mess up? Are you past it? Do you not have the skills anymore? So listen, yeah, we can all imagine not wanting to do that. So shout out to Naomi, shout out to Calm for coming in, supporting her and shout out to everyone who pushed the conversation on mental health forward. Like, I think this is something that I don't think years ago people would have been as understanding. And I probably would have count myself in that collective, unfortunately. Um, I'm glad to have progressed and not be as ignorant. <laughs> and yeah, everyone, mental health advocates, keep doing your thing. We appreciate you. This episode is sponsored by the Obama Foundation. At the Obama Foundation, they are guided by a core belief that ordinary people working together can change history. Their mission is to inspire those people to take action, empower them to change their world for better and connect them so they can achieve more together than they can alone. They are hiring for a senior full stack software engineer and the link to the position is in the show notes. Yo, listen, it's reviews time. Yeah, so I want to read... Let me read this one. Someone said, the best. Glad I just found this podcast currently on episode 14 when the episodes were an hour or longer. Absolutely love it. And that's from She Sapien in the UK. You know what? We did have super long episodes back in the day. Some of you were like, you know what? Basically, this, this is interesting if you are into analytics and data. We looked at the data and realized that most people didn't listen all the way to the end. When we made the shorter episodes, a lot of people, more people listened to the end, right? And we made that decision to say, listen, let's just keep it short and snappy. Most people who listen to our show are entrepreneurs, are go-getters, and they ain't really got time. Then we also looked at what time is the average commute? The average commute is like half an hour. Obviously now in, in a remote first world with the pandemic, that's probably not no longer as relevant. So yeah, we still do get people saying, yo, we want an hour, we want more, we want this, we want that. But we looked at the data and just said, we're going to listen to the silent majority. 
But shout out to she Sapien for leaving the reviews. And yeah, if you are super hungry for Techish, go on our back catalogue. We've got episodes of like that are like two hours. <laughs> so if you love it that much, there you go. All right, cool. Okay, now, so this is a very difficult story and I really wish Abba was here to talk about this actually, but she, and you'll understand why in a second. So Nigeria or the Nigerian government has now suspended Twitter from its country. So if you're in Nigeria and you're on Twitter, you're using probably a VPN, but there are now consequences for you doing so. And apparently you will now be prosecuted. Now, the whole backstory is very complicated. Obviously, I'm not a Nigerian. And so I'll do my best to kind of give the kind of 411. Essentially, President Buhari went on Twitter, had been making what people consider to be threats against the Igbo people, against the... I think they're called IPOP, the indigenous people of Biafra, which is essentially uh, a group that wants kind of more rights and more, and perhaps even independence for what was what they deemed to be the Biafra region. So that's primarily the Igbo people. And if you don't know your history, there was a war fought in the 60s. Apparently up to 3 million people died called the Biafran War. So there's a lot of bad blood there. There's still a lot of animosity. And unfortunately, this is, you know, textbook byproduct of Western colonialism. The borders of Nigeria and the borders of Africa were not decided by Africans. And it very much reminds me of what's happening in Ethiopia in a sense where You've got disparate ethnic groups in a region who have been put together primarily through external re- external forces, you know, and with no consideration about local wishes, local desires. And then also what happens is you tend to get an ethnic group that's completely in charge of the country and sometimes subjugates to other people in the country, right? Um, I'm sure there's grievances that can go back and forth, but that tends to be the kind of textbook example of what happens or what's happened on the continent. And then they want to look at us and say, why do you not have economic growth? Why is your country's, you know, in such disarray? You know what I mean? But I don't think the Westerners really want to point the finger at themselves. But I digress. So Twitter then suspended President Buhari's account for claiming that he made threats. And then from there on in Nigeria and Buhari basically said, you ain't doing that to us. You're not doing what you did to Trump, which is get Trump banned. So they went ahead and did a full suspension. There's obviously a history here. If you remember the NSARS movement, it was an amazing movement and young people were mobilized, to, you know, and they used Twitter to primarily, if you don't remember what NSARS essentially was, their fight against police brutality within Nigeria. And Twitter was very supportive. They created a hashtag for them and emoji. So I don't think the Nigerian government was particularly happy with Twitter as a platform. And a couple of weeks ago, or a month or two ago, actually, we discussed why did Twitter choose Ghana as its African headquarters? Actually, I might play a clip of it now. I personally, if you told me West Africa, I would have expected Nigeria just because of the, you know, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent there. It's a large population. The chosen ones, as you say, right? <laughs> but I don't know. Ghana's coming through, man. They did the year of return. The, pre- the president there seems to have his head screwed on. I don't know. He's, 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 he seems to be quite strategic. And Jack Dorsey spent a lot of time on the continent last 2019. He went to Ethiopia. I think he went to Nigeria, Ghana. Yeah. He's obviously seen something in Ghana where he thinks like this is the place to be. So do you feel threatened as a Nigerian is what I'm asking? <laughs> <laughs> never. 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 Come on, man. Yeah, so if you recollect, we were all thinking it's got to be Nigeria. Nigeria is the most populous, one of the most fast developing, you know, high internet penetration, technologically forward, you know, uh, and I, when I mean technologically forward, I mean the tech industry is quite uh, mature. You know, you've got so many exits, Flutterwave, etc., Paystack. So it does look like I think that Twitter and Jack Dorsey probably made overtures to all the governments and could see which governments were kind of friendly to them. And Ghana probably was a lot more friendly and they could probably sense the animosity building up. But listen, I hope this gets reversed. I miss seeing Nigerian voices on Twitter. I've, I follow quite a few. And I know a lot of people actually in Nigeria listen to Techish. So hit us up on Instagram if you've got availability or hit us up and leave a review and leave your comments there. I would love to know how it's going over there. And actually, I will look forward to speaking to Abba when she gets back and she will give us the complete download because she's actually spent some time there since our last ever episode. But it's depressing. I think we're going to see a lot more authoritarian leaders clamp down on Twitter because essentially it's like, 
why what is the upside if you're an authoritarian ruler if you're a ruler who wants to kind of clamp dissent what is the benefit for you for having this platform trump got banned from twitter and if trump didn't have checks and balances if trump was a dictator he would absolutely do the same thing in fact he actually came out and applauded the decision that was made by nigeria he never came out and said nothing about nsars he ain't come out and said nothing about what's going on in Ethiopia and Tigray. He just come out and said, I applaud this, you know, and there's a lot of leaders worldwide probably thinking the exact same thing, thinking you can't ban me. I'm the boss. So yeah, it doesn't bode well. I think one thing it does make me realize also is that much of my discussions about social media and Twitter is very much from a Western perspective. And in the West, there are problematic aspects with it, but it also is true that many people on the globe wouldn't have the voice and power that they do have without platforms like Twitter, 100%. Yo, everyone, thank you for listening. That's been this week's Techish. I have been your host, Michael Pahane. This is my first ever solo episode, and I tried. Let me know how I did on our Techish pod. Only kind words, please. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, but hit us up. I want to know what you think. How do we get the rich to pay their taxes? What's going on in Nigeria and Twitter? Like, what's the solution? Is it just VPNs or, you know, do people need to build something like a, a, a different version of Twitter? I don't know. Hit me up. I want to hear your solutions. Diddy's Marketplace, Black-owned businesses, am I being too harsh? Should we just celebrate the the fact that these platforms exist and mental health what do you think cool all right talk to you soon ciao peace <laughs>